I, just using the notes <laughs> app on your yeah, phone. Yeah, just like I'm uh, right on my computer only. Wow, how dare you! <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 181 of the Erasable Podcast. This is Tim Wasson and I am joined by Andy and Johnny and our very good friend, Caroline Weaver. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey guess hi. which one I am. <laughs> guess to guess. <laughs> Caroline, it's so good to hear your voice. It's been such hard. a long time since you've been here. It has been. So much has changed since then, too. I've yeah. missed, missed all of you. <laughs> yeah, I'm still sitting over here just like silently crying that I never made it to CW pencils. Just never was able to make it happen. And it, it only took me eight years to fail in that mission to get to New York city. So <laughs> I've just never been in New York city at all. And I was like, I was convinced really? it was going to happen. Yeah. Nope. Oh, next never, time you're I, over this way. Deep regrets. I'm, I'm really waiting for, yeah, for Elon Musk to figure out time travel so I can go back. And <laughs> well, he's too busy figuring out. Yeah. <laughs> if he doesn't do it by this summer, you should travel back this way. We could take Amtrak up. It'd be awesome. Sounds good. Seriously, I'll meet you in D.C. like Andy. I'll sneak up on you when you're sitting at a bench having a peaceful time. <laughs> put your hands over my eyes and make me guess. Yeah. I didn't put my hands over his eyes. I put them around his waist. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> I missed him. Aww. All right. Well, we are here tonight to talk about book clubs. So we got the idea to do another book club episode. We haven't done one for, I don't know, was that four years ago or something? I don't know. When we I did. think it was like seven years ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it was a while. Yeah. It was Caroline's book, right? Wasn't it with the Pencil Perfect? Didn't we do a little bit of a book club? I think that was the last one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that's like five years. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. So it's been, it's been too long <laughs> and we, we really enjoyed the, the format and we, as is the mission of this episode, we definitely didn't master it. <laughs> So, uh, so we have decided this time to uh, do a book club for the book Palimpsest, A History of the Written, Wor- uh, Written Word by Matthew Battles, which we're reading and we're going to be talking about in a couple weeks. And we're going to get to meet the author and talk to him about the book. So we realized that we might need some pointers for the best ways to run such a book club. So we asked our friend Caroline on to join us and chat about book clubs and the best way to run them. So thank you again, Caroline, for, for being with us tonight. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Just to start things off, first of all, can you just tell folks a little bit about what you have going on these days? Well, I guess it's only been a few months since I've been shopless and it's been a, it's been an odd adjustment and I just spent a month in jury duty. So that was a significant portion of my time as a full-time juror. But now I more, well, I'm spending a lot of my time working as a consultant, working with other stationary brands and retail shops, several of whom are listeners, I believe. I've gotten to really? talk to and meet a lot of really wonderful people who have all different types of businesses. And so that's been a really fun way to kind of still like exist in that world and have some sort of impact without having to do the really hard parts, which is is kind of nice. And yeah, I guess... In addition to that, I have a really big project I just started, which I don't think I will be have. I was like going to say, and you're, you're going to talk about it all tonight. You just review it. <laughs> Let's wait a couple months, maybe. But <laughs> yeah, I, it's nice though to have like days where I, I mean, I'm not responsible for anyone but myself now. So it's very mm. odd after seven years of managing people and having to be at a physical place every day. It's really weird to be like on my own and able to do whatever I want to do every day and freelancing is like just a completely different lifestyle. So it's been fun to relearn how to have control over my own time. 
And Caroline, I really love your newsletter. Caroline finds it. I think it's been really fun. Thanks. That's That has been so much fun. I really love doing it. And yeah, I mean, I'm pretty good at sourcing things and at shopping. I mean, I, I did run a shop where all I did was source things for seven years. And so it's been a lot of fun to talk about things that aren't stationary and to get to talk about other objects that are fun to talk about. Has anybody sent you something that's just like really boring? Like, Caroline, I need a really good USB cable or something like that. <laughs> no, I think like probably the most mundane thing I've been asked for was the first one that I answered, which was somebody who wanted prettier nails to hang things oh, on yes. the wall. That's um, right. And I really love doing that one. And that I chose that one as the first one on purpose because I think like those types of objects are the things that bring me the greatest joy, just like like better versions of everyday things. I mean, that's like, I mean, I guess at the crux of what I did for a living as a person who sold pencils. But yeah, I really enjoyed that one. I haven't actually looked at my submissions for this week, so I'm not actually sure what is in there that's new, but I'll find out. Yeah. Hmm. Awesome. So diving into book clubs, before you founded the Orchard Street Book, were you a member of other book clubs? And if so, you know, how old were you in school and what were some of your early book club experiences? Well, I tried to start a book club in elementary school in fifth grade. I (laughs) went so far as to even book out a room in the public library. I don't know why they let me do this as a fifth (laughs) grader. I really wonder like what the behind closed doors conversation was between my mother and the librarians, but I, (laughs) and I wish I could remember what we were supposed to read, but I, at the time I didn't really have any friends. And so I managed to con like four girls into showing up and nobody read the book. And that was it. Like it was a one meeting book club. It never happened again, but I felt so professional for like booking out this um, library room for my fifth grade book club. And I also grew up in a house where my, my mother was a member of several book clubs And I'm sure most people who had mothers who had book clubs had similar experiences where she would host the book club probably about like once or twice a year, everybody would come to our house. And my mom would, of course, like banish up, excuse me, banish us to the upstairs. We weren't allowed to be downstairs when she and her friends were like basically just drinking boxed wine and not talking about the book (laughs) that they read. So, I mean, I guess I didn't really have that much experience with book clubs. And honestly, part of The reason why I started a book club is that I had never encountered one that I personally wanted to join. So I thought I will just have to make it up myself. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's a really good point. Like what, like my mother absolutely was, she had a, you know, she didn't even have the pretense that it was book club. It was basically her and (laughs) some friends from, from her church, St. Jude, and they just called it St. Jude club. (laughs) So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they would get together and yeah, just like drink wine and we would listen at the base of the stairs just to see what they were talking about. And generally it was just really boring for sure. But I definitely know some book clubs where there's varying levels of actually reading books that are involved in them. But like, what's so great about book clubs? Like what, you know, what do they fulfill inside us that, you know, we, like yearnings that we have? Well, I think it really depends on what kind of books you're reading and and who those books are written for, I suppose. I, I I personally read because it's 
an escape. I read for entertainment. I read to learn something and to, to share those experiences with other people, especially strangers, I think is a really intimate and weird and wonderful thing. And it's a really like, it's a really fulfilling way to bring people together. I have made many like lasting friendships in my book club who are people I may not have met otherwise and people who I feel as though I grew closer to quicker because we like we shared all of these experiences reading the same things together. Yeah, I don't know. I think it, the, an experience in a book club really depends on what you're reading and who's reading it. But I think as adults, I think it's one of one of like the deepest and easiest ways to build community with each other. And Carolyn, I just realized that I don't think we we asked you about the Orchard Street Book Club. Can you? Do you step back and tell us a little bit about what that's about? Yeah, so the Orchard Street Reading Society was started, I guess it was probably in early 2018 in my shop. And I really just used, having moved into a really big shop in 2017, I used it as an excuse to host a book club for the first time because I had the space and I had an audience. And yeah, I just, I really wanted to have a book club where we didn't stick to a particular genre of book because I think like it's really easy to fall into the habit of reading like for, for lack of a better term like really easy just like book clubby books or sticking to a particular theme of book and so I wanted to have a book club where we read really eclectic books and where the vibe wasn't that we were gonna like sit around in a circle and talk about the book because for me, the barrier for entry to these types of social things has always been that that gives me a lot of anxiety. I'm not interested in being put on the spot or feeling like I have to talk in order to be perceived as smart or that I have to have an opinion and I have to express it. I didn't want to create that environment. So from the get-go, we really, I guess, planned these meetings around an activity or we would come up with topics of conversation ahead of time, or we would like go out and do something. And I always made sure to have like very specifically themed food that had to do with the book. And we would like be careful about what kind of music we played. And the goal was always to like, just create a really playful and fun environment where we, I guess more, it was more about like celebrating the book we had all just read and not necessarily Mm. just discussing it. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I remember you did the, uh, mixed up files of Mrs. Basil Frankweiler, which is like such a fantastic book from my youth. I mean, uh, it was from yeah. it was written before my youth, but I read it in my youth and thought it was amazing. <laughs> it's such a good book, and we did that that book we read. It was like the last of the books for this book club in its iteration of existing within a shop. And I tested my current format of book club, which is to do field trips instead of meetings. And we did, we did a scavenger hunt at the Met and it was so fun. Everybody enjoyed it. It was just so much fun. And for me, selfishly, it was especially fun because I got to go spend a whole day at the Met, like the week before, just like roaming around and planning all of the, all of like the questions in the scavenger hunt. I made it really hard, but it was really fun. And we even had 
Like we even had a girl come who was, I think she's 10. She and her mom came. And it was so fun to do this with somebody who is like actually of the age that this book was written for (laughs) amongst a bunch of adults who were just delighted to reread it or read it for the first time. But yeah, that was a blast. Yeah. I like to imagine the guards at the Met just being like, excuse me, ma'am, please don't touch that. (laughs) You're like like stuffing papers behind. Yeah. Well, the the thing about doing something like that is that like you're if you're going to the Met with this with I don't remember what the number is if you're going with like a certain number of people or more you're supposed to book it through the group sales office and I did not do that and so I just like I told everybody I gave everyone like and in hindsight there people were really confused I think these directions were kind of cryptic I like gave them instructions on like where in the museum to meet me that morning because we like weren't gonna all enter together. <laughs> So that everybody came and like found me in an area and then we started and ended there and tried to be discreet about it, but no one got in trouble. <laughs> Good news. Yeah. All right. So I, this next question, I'm going to just fully acknowledge that it was written by Mr. Gamber because it's going to make me sound much smarter than I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, where's so, your PhD? <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, yeah. Sound like I've been to a lot more school, uh, you know, student more than I've been teaching in Bobo's in Paradise. David Brooks <laughs> says that <laughs> to be a public intellectual, you have to be wrong. You have to elicit strong reactions from people. What makes a great book for a book club? Books that challenge our sense of the world or books that affirm it? Wow, that's a High really five, Johnny. good question. question. Yeah, good job, Johnny. That's a great question. <laughs> if you want an equally <laughs> smart answer, just be like, I don't know, it depends. And then just trail <laughs> on. <laughs> I was yeah, also good. Um, I, I was also going to ask, what was your, what was the book club choice for your first book club in that library in fifth grade? Do you remember what book you picked? I wish I could remember. I honestly do not remember at all. It's, I mean, sure. honestly, it's possible that it was from the mixed up files of Mrs. Basile Frank. <laughs> that would be that amazing. Book. Yeah, it really would have come full circle. I'll have to ask my mom. Maybe she remembers, but yeah, I have no idea. Apparently it was something that was probably a little bit too intellectual for my fellow fifth graders because no one read it. Again, this is what happens when you're like the kid with no friends, but I mean, it, it pays when you're an adult. So yeah, we all end up somewhere, but I don't know. I think that a good, well, a good book for a book club. It, I think it is, I think it creates an environment for the most interesting discussion when it challenges our sense of the world per se, but I I don't know. I think like one the like one thing that I think is really important is that you pick a book that like 75% of people are going to enjoy. Like I think it's really important that there's always somebody in the group who didn't like the book. Because what like what's a conversation if you're just like talking about how everybody liked the book? I think that's an important thing is that every that I mean and a diverse book club will always have different types of people who glean something different from it. But yeah, I think it's important to choose a book that different people are going to get different things from because that's how you get the most well-rounded and eye-opening discussion, I suppose. That's, yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise, like, the conversation just ends. It's, like, 20 minutes, and you all kind of are in agreement about what you got from <laughs> it great. and how you felt about it. And then that's when you just start drinking your boxed wine. And- <laughs> boxed wine is a very the most important element of a book club. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is. That like pink Franzia. Oh, yeah. That's the one. Jeez. <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> so speaking of people agreeing or not, 
agreeing. You know, I can imagine certain books resulting in a verbal melee in a, a book club. So are there certain, you know, formats or procedures or sort of like rules of order or etiquette that you think are helpful for book clubs? Oh, that's a good question. And I'm not quite sure what the answer is. I think like, like nobody should be mean to other book club members. I think even if you disagree, I think it's never good etiquette to pick a fight at book club. There, there was one meeting years ago, we read Mrs. Dalloway and we were sitting around a table and we were arranging flowers. That was the activity that we did for Mrs. Dalloway. And there were just like flowers everywhere. And we were sitting around the big table in the middle of the shop. And there was this man who came and this woman who came who were like completely different age groups, completely different types of people. And they just got into it. Like the entire book club was just about them. I don't even remember what they were arguing with, but they were just arguing with each other <laughs> the whole time. It was so entertaining to watch. However, I never saw either of them again. So yeah, I don't think that was good for anyone. But I like yeah, to think I think they fell in love and got married. Oh, yeah. Mm, that would be, yeah. Well, the funny thing is that I'm pretty sure that the the man who was there on a date, he like brought his date to book club. That was our assumption, at least. But yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think that's like the biggest piece of etiquette that one must consider at a book club is don't pick a fight with anybody. It just creates a weird environment for everyone. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I think like... Formats and procedures, I'm not really sure. I think it's really important, like most large social gatherings, whether they be virtual or in person, I think it's always good to give people like a, at least 10 minutes at the beginning to settle in and not feel like they have to dive right into something intellectual. Um yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing. And at the end, too, like, I think if you've created a good environment for conversation, even if people get tired of talking about the book, they stick around and just talk about anything for the remainder of the time. That means you've done your job, (laughs) especially with virtual book club is really hard. Yeah. Well, that was my next question was, you know, I during the pandemic, like, you know, a lot of people we we were just really isolated physically and trying to figure out what like how to replicate some of those social activities and I joined a really interesting virtual book club it was like run by this guy who just had it was time travel time travel science fiction stories and like non-linear science fiction stories and it was super interesting and I really engaged with the books themselves but there was just something about the book club that just didn't work for me and part of it because I didn't know any of the people in there and there were like little we would do breakout small discussion rooms and I, w- I was just getting so much anxiety over that I, I just kind of stopped coming which I was <laughs> embarrassed about but I I definitely think that there's such a much different vibe to a virtual book club than there is for something online so can you think of like you know some good or some bad of, of a virtual book club like some kind that you know a, a podcast episode might you know, might spur, for example. Yeah, well, I I don't think that virtual book clubs have to be like awkward or weird. They definitely don't. And I think that we just have to be a little bit more creative with virtual club meetups like that. I think that it also requires, it requires a lot more structure. You can't just trust that people are going to like, because like in a group setting in person and kind of like more, I guess, the type of book club I like to run the thing that I always count on is that people are going to talk like amongst themselves. Maybe we're not doing a big like 
group discussion, one person at a time, but people always naturally like break off in their own little groups or like make a new friend or end up sitting in the corner talking to somebody about something really specific. And in a virtual book club like that just doesn't exist. And so I think you have to set really tight parameters. In in 2020, I did a book club. I, I really wanted to read Dune because <laughs> I had like never read any science fiction at all. And I just thought, like, if I'm going to read science fiction, I feel like that's, like, the right one. If I'm going to just Oh, man, that is diving right into it. Well, you know, I wanted to read something timeless. I wanted to read something that had, like, like, I don't know, a story arc I felt like I could wrap my head around. And so that's what I chose. But then when I – but I didn't know how long it was. And then I went to the bookstore to buy it and realized that it's, like, a brick of a book. And so I just – I got a bunch of random friends and people in my life to read it with me. And it ended up being, like, literally friends all over the world. And Hmm. it – and – I mean, it's very selfishly, it's, it served me well because it was like at least one person from almost every friend group in my entire life. My mom included, even my mom and my brother did it. And, but most of the other people didn't know each other at all. And what we did, we read, we read Dune in June. We called it the June of Dune. Yep. <laughs> and I like, there were, I think 20 of us to start. And I like, like made these, like, I took like a bunch of graphic elements from like, many different iterations of dune covers and like photoshopped them together and made these like of these like laminated bookmarks and i like mailed them out to everybody with like a welcome letter and and i sent like mail i sent like encouragement mail in the middle of the month and the whole objective was that we like had to finish dune by the end of june like we couldn't read it (laughs) in july and so we had like we had three different meetings scheduled for one book because it was such a long book. And like people got a little carried away. Like my mom made a spreadsheet of exactly how many pages and what chapter we should end on every day to keep pace with everybody else. And it it was so much fun and everybody really stuck with it. And we had like, we had a group chat component of it also, which was real, I think really like, brought everyone together in a way that made our zoom conversations a lot a lot richer because it wasn't just a bunch of strangers who read the same book it was a bunch of strangers who have been interacting with each other for a month and that was we just it was just a whatsapp chat and some people just chose not to participate and some people participated every day and it was just really fun to read and yeah that was a smaller group so it was easy to manage that way but it was so much fun. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And then several of us in Dune Club ended up reading other books. We kept going like and through like the beginning of 2021. And then we did June of Dune again and read Dune Messiah, the second Dune book. And then <laughs> this year we're going to do it again and read, what is it? Children of Dune is the third one. And then we may or may not do the fourth one. Apparently like they start to get really bad, but and this <laughs> it's might just real be real trippy. Well, it, this might just be like such an important tradition that we just keep going, even if they are really bad or really tricky. <laughs> but yeah, that I mean, that was a lot of fun. But I think like I think that you can't with the virtual book club. It's really hard if like everybody just kind of shows up and you're just OK, like, I guess now we talk. I think that the conversation has to be more structured. And I mean, on you could yeah. I mean, 
there could be an activity that you assign people ahead of time. Like adults like getting homework. It's that's like something that I've learned <laughs> through various activities I've hosted. Like it's kind of fun when like it's not something you get graded on. So I think like giving people homework or giving them something to prepare for that's going to happen during the book club meeting is uh, really fun. Or something. I'm use to- that with my students. I'm gonna be like, you guys are gonna be begging for this stuff in like. 15 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once you get out of here, you're just going to be like, oh man, those were the good old days. Oh I, yeah. I, I assume I, the, <laughs> the activity for Dune is just to like drop a bunch of acid since that's what, you know, spice is like an allegory for. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was like a, a lot of, Final um, book. we wore costumes for the last meeting. Oh, wow. we, we all like tried to Forget. dress up and well, a couple of people try to like make their own still suits. It, <laughs> It was really fun. There was a lot of like very like cinnamony baking happening. A lot of like spice (laughs) foods that people were making. I, I found there was a color. It was like a, not like a coloring book. I don't know if they still make these, like those like activity books that you get like in like the coloring book section of like the grocery store. And then in like the Mm, eighties or the nineties, like some crossword puzzles and yeah. Yeah. Used to love those. Yeah, there somewhere online there's like all these scanned in PDFs of an activity book that was made for the Dune movie. And there there are like recipes and, and all this weird stuff. So I like frequently emailed people like PDFs of this like weird activity book. So we ha- could do like common things together. Yeah, so I think having an activity prepared ahead of time or giving people an objective ahead of time can be really fun. Yeah, that's a great idea. Hmm. Is, I wanted to ask you about like if you've ever, ever had any experience having like the actual author as part of a, a book club meeting. Um, I, I, I have one time I have an aunt and uncle who live in Atlanta and my aunt is in a long running book club and I got a call out of nowhere and she's like, Hey, do you want to come to our book club next month? We're having Dave Eggers on a zoom call. <laughs> That's right. I forgot and I was about like, that. what? <laughs> and yes. I was like, excuse me. And then she's like, yeah, we just, we were reading the circle for this book club and we just thought, you know, why not just ask? Like, let's just ask. And sure enough, his uh, publisher got back and was like, okay, he doesn't do the internet, but he'll come on on a phone call. And so she's like, so I know like you're not part of the book club and nobody even needs to know you're there, but I'll just add you to the zoom call. You can sit in, you can ask him a couple of questions. And it was like really cool that, I mean, somebody like, I mean, Dave Eggers just dropped what he was doing for an hour to talk to like <laughs> 12 random women from Atlanta and me. (laughs) Have you ever had a book club meeting that incorporated the author and like, did they, what was that like? Or as an author, Caroline, have you ever been invited Mm -hmm. to a book club? No, I've never been invited to a book club and I've never invited anybody to a book club, which I'm like, now I'm like, well, why haven't I ever tried? If Dave <laughs> Eggers will do it, I bet a lot of other people will too. I Well, the problem too is that I think my book club, probably like at least 50% of the books that we've read, the authors are dead. So that's not an option. But I know I've never done that before, but I... It's that's such a good idea to read a book either by somebody that you know or somebody who you can get a hold of to come to your book club. I, I wonder what that feels like as an author, though. I think I would feel a bit sheepish about it. Can, um, so can I answer that question? <laughs> I, I wrote a book with a friend of mine. It's like an industry uh, book about writing user interface language. But I've been to a few professional book clubs where they've read that during like the discussion period. And, and I'll tell you, it's really weird because these words that you have written and sort of gotten out of your head and you haven't forgotten about them, but you're just like, okay, 
like those are out of my brain now so I can move on. And then people just like remember them and and recall them <laughs> to you. I'm just like, wait, how did you know that? How did you know that? Like, what did you, what like, exactly did you mean by this when you said yeah, that? <laughs> just a lot of like, just like, oh, wow. Like somebody who's listening to what I'm saying, like that's, it's weird, but cool. Yeah, I, I I got that sometimes like in the shop when people would like tell me about stuff that they learned yeah. from my book. And I'm like, wait a minute, did I say that? Like, do I even know that myself or have I just forgotten all of this? Like, I, How did I you just, know that, creeper? Yeah, like, I think I need to like reread my own book because I have forgotten half of what's in yes. there. <laughs> yeah, I can. It reminds me of, I, I went to a conference once, like it was the festival of faith and writing festival in, 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 in Michigan. And they have musical guests in iron and wine was there. And hmm. so what's his name? Sam bean is that his name. Anyways, but he was like doing this session and people got a chance to ask him. And so everybody was just unloading all these questions about his lyrics and like overwhelming him with questions like, what did you mean by this? What did you mean by this? You? And finally one guy brought up one of these questions, you know, in such and such a song, what did you think about this? And he just goes, I don't know, man. I'm really drunk right now. <laughs> and we were sitting in a church, so that was fun. I don't know, but I can't imagine the stress of being asked about something that you like, Andy. Like you're saying, like you got. I mean, it. that's what I said as an answer to every question I got. Yeah, in those I'm books. Just- <laughs> super drunk <laughs> like what do people do like what like what does stephen king do he's written like a bajillion books like certainly he doesn't remember all of them yeah, he's like which one was that <laughs> yeah. yeah like he, he probably gets... can't even oh, sorry no, go, go ahead, ahead. Uh, he probably can't even count how many books he's written <laughs> i assume he shows up and just answers you know the questions that he's answered a million times and then says okay that'll be forty five thousand dollars please <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um if there were say three podcast co-hosts and they were going to do a webinar style book club and the author was there and you know it was really hard to pick up on physical cues from people because we were on zoom would you have any explicit advice for three such foolish gentle well you're gonna be great just yeah just be yourselves are you having readers submit questions for your author <laughs> that's, that's a good an question. excellent i feel like that's that would be a really fun thing to do like have them submit the questions and they have to like ask the questions too i think when you since you'll have like you'll have a subject there to to talk to i think it's i think that's a good way to engage the readers and and then you don't have to do anything that's a great that's a great point yeah i like that idea (laughs) and i guess also just as a reminder to everybody who is listening to this in mid to late may we're going to have the author of palimpsest on so if you haven't read it please read it there's a link to it in our show notes and yeah think of some questions that you can send to us (laughs) to ask the author yeah i will make a google document for that and link it in the show notes. Yeah, that's a great I, idea. I think that'll be fun because yeah, like like we said before, everybody gets something different from a book. So the, yeah, your readers are probably going to um, have different questions than ones that you come up with on your own. But that's, I mean, having an author on for like a Zoom, a, a Zoom book club meeting is such a smart idea because that like that is your structure for that meeting. Yeah, it's pretty you amazing. Don't. Tim just. We were going to read it anyway, and Tim was just like, hey, I'm going to reach out to him on Twitter and just see if he's into it. And he did. And he was like, hey, I'm a big pencil fan, too. So it worked out really well. Oh, that's so fun. 
Yeah. Caroline, what, what are you reading right now? Well, I, I read this question in your, in your doc earlier, and I meant to actually like remember what I'm reading right now. <laughs> what four and, different uh, books are you reading right now? <laughs> well, I got to tell you, this jury duty business really killed me. I just was so exhausted. It was so exhausting. Yeah. And I it really threw me for a loop. Like I just haven't read as much in the past month as I normally would. Um, because I come, I would come home and just go straight to bed. Yeah. It's, I don't know how people who like work in court systems do it every day. I guess like any job, you just get used to it over time, but it's just so much new information, but I did just finish the book that, well, first of all, I mean, the sidetrack about this, um, jury duty business, me being who I am, I was the jury duty secretary. And so I got to sit at like the book club, (laughs) the jury book club. Yeah. Well, yeah. The warden on the first day, he had like two jobs to fill the foreman and the secretary. And he said, he was like, well, I'll decide who the secretary is because you have to have good handwriting. And I was just like being a jerk. And I was like, well, I have good handwriting. And then he looked at my notepad and was like, okay, you're the secretary. You're like, I um, volunteer as tribute. It's like, but the- did you just say, do you know who I am? No, I, would I never used to run say the. That. <laughs> that, no, I would never I'm say just that. Kidding. Yeah, of course. We, you we're, we're not allowed to use pencils in the courtroom anyway. But we, the fun thing about this job was that I got to sit at like on like the top level where the seats, like it's the seats are set up like on risers and I got to sit at like a proper desk with like a blotter and a drawer and I had to use like a date stamper all the time and it was so fun but I it's nice I had like this I had like a real desk so I got to like move into my desk I just like left all my stuff there every day and I kept a book in there because sometimes you have a lot of time between cases and so I mean it took me the whole month but I did just read a book called Olga Dies Dreaming it just came out maybe a month and a half or two months ago. And it, I had kept seeing it on lots of lists of best new books of 2022. And I'm blanking on the author's name. I'll find out for the show notes for you. But it was really good. It was a, It's about a middle-aged Puerto Rican woman who is a wedding planner in New York City in 2017 when both of the hurricanes happen in Puerto Rico and her brother is a senator and his their mother their strange mother is like a Puerto Rican revolutionary who's like trying to overthrow the government it was really good it's been a really long time since I read a book that was more entertainment than it was education so that was um that was yeah a really good jury duty read nice I just looked it up the author's name I'm guessing is a like indigenous Central American name, Chichitl Gonzalez. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. I think really it's her. Good. I think it's her first novel. But yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And and also my second part of this question, Caroline, which uh, I don't know if you uh, feel comfortable talking about this or not, but what have you really been enjoying writing with and writing on lately? <laughs> I assume you just gave up pencils and you never look at a pencil again. No, that's not true. Just, I... just using the notes app on your <laughs> yeah, phone. Yeah, just like, I'm just oh! right on my computer only. <laughs> Sticky notes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Digital. How dare you? Well, I will say that we, as I sit here, when I quit drinking, I turned my bar cart into a stationary cart. It's very messy. It's like full of stationary. And there's like, I think I'm looking at least, at least 20 pads of post-its there that's the most accessible type of paper in my house because my well as we call him new boyfriend matt is (laughs) 
well known for this project that he did where he called subway therapy, where he had people write how they felt on post-its and stick them to the walls of the New York City subway. And it's a thing that he did right after the 2016 election. And he like actually published a book about it. So we have a lot of post-its in our house. So yeah, I probably the last thing I wrote on was a post-it with maybe with a fountain pen. I don't know. I have a fountain pen Mm. on the table right now that has really nice green ink in it. Hmm. Hmm. What fountain pen is it? What green ink is it? And he's like, go on. Um, it's, <laughs> go a, on. <laughs> it's an Estabrook Esty, a fine nib. We used to sell them in the shop. And I really like it. The green ink, I think, is mm, honestly, like, my, I have so much stuff that's just, like, leftover from the shop or stuff that I've just brought home over the years. I, it, it's probably, I think it might be Karen Dash Vibrant Green. It's just, like, a good standard, like, Kelly Green. Love it. That's nice. My, my recommendation, Lier Sauvage by G. Herban. That is my thoroughly tested favorite, personal favorite green ink. <laughs> All right. This was, a, this was a mission that you were on. Yeah. Am I right? Do I remember that correctly? Yeah, we did. We did a, a Patreon subscriber episode of uh, Indelible about it. And I think I tried, gosh, like 25 or 30 green inks. And I was just <laughs> looking for the specific one that I liked the best. And that was the one, the uh, Giorban uh, Wild Ivy or Lier Sauvage, it's called. That's really great. I think that qualifies as a quest. Once you get past 20 inks, yes. it oh. goes from mission. I'm just to like quest. the Don Quixote of yeah, green yeah. ink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rosinante is a good name for a pen. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. All right. Well, Caroline, is there anything else uh, you want to share with us about what you have going on or any sort of last thoughts before we close this? I don't think so. Um, Yeah, I don't think so. I really miss getting to talk about really nerdy stationary things all day. That's one thing that (laughs) like is, is missing from my life now. It's very strange just coming off of national letter writing month, which is, was a really good excuse to spend a lot of social time talking about stationary. Yeah. It's just really great to hear all of your voices and to be on the podcast again. So thank you. So you are welcome back anytime. Oh yeah. Anytime you want to talk about nerdy stationary things, you know, (laughs) we're always down for some nerdy stationary talk. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I will take right, you well, up on that. <laughs> cool. Well, you've you've mentioned several cool things you have going on. Do you want to kind of give everybody a, a rundown of the different places that they can find you or get involved with the things that you're into right now? Yeah. So I, you can find me on Instagram at Lady Graphite. I have a new website. It's just CarolineWeaver.nyc, and you can find links to all of the things I'm doing: newsletters, consulting projects, whatever. That's all there on carolineweaver.myc. Such a good domain name, by the way. Right? It's Caroline (laughs) Weaver was taken. So I think that was like a a pretty good second option. Yeah. Yes, Andy, where can people find you on the internet? Well, my my also good uh, domain name is (laughs) andy.wtf. Or you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as at Andy. Or no, what is my? At A. Wilfley. (laughs) How about you, Johnny? So are you ready for this? I'm at Linktree slash Pencil Revolution. Ooh. So good, Johnny. How did you even get that? I was bored, but I was supposed to be working. (laughs) Same. That'll do it. Procrastination. (laughs) 
All right. And you can find me on Instagram at Tim Wassum and I'm on, sorry, Instagram at Timothy Wassum and I'm on Twitter at Tim Wassum. Uh, we want to thank all of our Patreon producer level folks, uh, Melissa Miller, Digital Tech, Angie, Aaron Bollinger, Matthew Siobhan, Andrew Austin, Tara Whittle, Ida Umfers, David Johnson, Phil Munson, Donnie Pierce, Bill Black, Ed Swift, Diana Oakley, Tom Keekley, Andre Torres, Kyle, Paul Moorhead, Jamelia, Stephen Franscali, Aaron Willard, KP, Millie Blackwell, Chris L., Bob Ostwald, Michael Dialosa, Jacqueline Myers, Tana Feliz, JF, JAFX in the Midwest, and Sipe, Joe Crace, Measure Twice, Michael Hagen, Chris Metzkus, Bill Clow, Random Thinks, Jason Dill, Dave McDonald, Mary Collis, Alex Jonathan Brown, Andre Prevost, Kathleen Rogers, Bobby Letzinger, Kelton Weens, Scott Hayes, Hans Noodleman, Jay Newton, Chris Jones, and John Woods. Thank you all for your generous support of the podcast. You can find the show notes for today's episode at erasable.us slash 181. Join us on Facebook at our group, which is erasable.com slash group slash, sorry, facebook.com slash group <laughs> slash erasable podcast. Uh, and you can also like our Facebook page and find us on Instagram and Twitter at Erasable Podcast. So thank you so much for listening. If you haven't picked up a copy of Palimpsest to join us for our book club episode, do so. There will be a link in the show notes. And uh, thanks again to Caroline Weaver for joining us tonight and sharing your book club wisdom. And we will talk to you all soon. Turn it off.